This is the Co-Travel Podcast, and I'm Bob Piercy, bringing you conversations from professionals from in and around today's dental industry, exploring new and exciting topics that are affecting us all as we work to grow and succeed. Information you can consume on your time when you want to hear it. My name is Bob Piercy. Let's hit the road. Hey guys, Bob here. So hey, hope you had a great long weekend. Uh, I'm actually joined today with, uh, uh, with Lee Tesser from Sears Consulting. So hey, Lee, thanks for being here today. Thanks, Bob. Thanks for having me. First time on, the, on your uh, podcast, on your show. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm not even really sure what to call this still at this point. We're just kind of going with the word series. Uh, but anyways, uh, it's been a lot of fun right now. Um, had a wide range of people on so far. And, and you were someone I thought of early on as someone I wanted to have on, and talk to. Um, for those of you guys that don't know, I'll ask Lee to kind of get into the, the details here. But Sears Consulting um, specializes in lease negotiations for, for dentists, for medical facilities, and uh, obviously right now with, uh, with COVID, with this environment, uh, the lease and what's going on with uh, an office's lease is probably a high priority. And so, uh, Lee, please kind of fill us in exactly in more detail. What does Sears do? How long have you guys been doing this? Yeah, sure. So, you know, like Bob said, essentially we are a healthcare and tenant representation company. We were actually founded by doctors for doctors in Alberta around 25 years ago. Uh, purely for the reason that the you know the landlord was taking advantage of the dental and, and healthcare tenant, um, you know it's an expensive business to enter into and can be a very profitable business to you know exit out as well. So um, you know we've been proud and been working with Shine probably for the last ten years, uh, looking after their accounts. Um, me myself, so I'm one of the senior consultants. I lecture across the country. Um, giving you know, lectures on um, the business side of dentistry, doing some continuing education seminars. Um, yeah, and that's, uh, that's where we've been you know, really successful. And obviously the last six months has been, been strange for everybody, but been, been good, been, been busy really. And, yeah, and, like that, and I, was, I was just gonna say, like a, people that are watching this right now, um, some of them have probably met or seen you actually speak at the events that are hosted in this room that I'm in right now. Uh, turned into my pseudo studio. Um, but again, obviously, we're not doing those events anymore uh, as, as uh, the condition continues. But uh, again, I think it's an important conversation to have. Um, so I guess really, Lee, in this last six months, kind of since the, we saw each other last at the PDC in March, uh, what have you guys, what are you seeing in the commercial real estate industry, uh, specifically in Edmonton? I'm kind of curious also a bit about what's happening in Canada as well. But really, what's kind of gone on in the last, uh, for the, throughout the summer? Yeah, so we're we're definitely seeing a shift towards a you know a tenant more friendly tenant market. Um, I would say you know at the moment currently we're seeing vacancies around five percent, but we do expect that to probably will rise further in the next three or four quarters. Um, despite this, though, rental rates are staying relatively firm. There are obviously deals to be done, especially with new start. Uh, anyone opening a new start uh, practice, there's definitely um, deals on the table that landlords are looking to fill spaces. We'd say that they're more keen on offering free rent rather than sort of tenant allowance improvement, probably because they just want to preserve some of their capital during the pandemic. Um, but, you know, the economy in, in Edmonton is still strong, even with the low oil prices. I would say that they're a little bit more diversified than, say, Calgary, for example. And, and you know, as you could probably, you know, attest to, since businesses have probably been up and running since May and June, a lot of, 
dentists that we speak to, you know, they're coming up to sort of 75, 80%, you know, their production post COVID now. So, you know, there, there's definitely vacancies there and spaces that need to be filled um, and opportunities for the sort of more entrepreneurial type investor. Um, but looks like people are, are getting back. What, what are you, what are you seeing from your, your side? Well, right now, um, you know, once dentistry did come back, um, a lot of the clients I've spoken to had a, a really str- surprisingly strong summer. Uh, there was that backlog of patients that needed to get in for dentistry that weren't being treated uh, during the shutdown period. And that created a bit of a, a, a swell, a surge. And there were also some patients that were coming in early that I was talked, uh, some doctors told me that people were concerned about this time period, the fall, like September, October, November. And they wanted to get in and treated prior to that because, again, there was a little bit of uncertainty as what's happening. And, and again, I think that uncertainty is carrying forward and talking to a few doctors, even last week, again, they had a really strong summer. Um, some were even like, were like 115, 120% over um, the previous, uh, the previous year's months. Um, but again, looking into September, October right now, this, the schedule is starting to lighten up a little bit and people are just, again, a little hesitant, a little concerned. Um, and so that's kind of what I'm seeing from, uh, from my territory and in, in this market. Now, I, I know when, as, when I'm thinking about this in this conversation that you and I are going to have today, I'm thinking there's kind of two main scenarios for offices right now. You have scenarios that are doctors whose leases are coming to the end of the term where they're in the position to renegotiate. And then you also have doctors who have maybe just entered into a lease and say, potentially worst case scenario, someone signed a lease, um, you know, February 2020, and now they've got, you know, 10 years to go. Like, so looking at those two scenarios, um, what opportunities exist for those doctors? What, what um, hurdles do they have to overcome or, or what's kind of, what are their options right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the normal play, which we, we always advised was, you know, anyone that's coming up for a renewal two years before expiry, then that was the best time to, you know, engage the landlord. As you know, it can take, you know, 12 months. It can take a long time if you were forced to relocate even if you don't want to relocate, um, you know, the landlords can certainly play hardball to start with and, and take their time delaying the process. And I, I would even say, you know, with COVID now, that two-year rule is, is slightly gone out the window as well. If you're sort of two and a half, three years, and you you do want to, you know, negotiate a longer-term lease, then, you know, we're seeing a lot of landlords that are interested in that sort of proposal if they can lock in someone you know a good tenant uh, rent for 10 years then they're going to listen to to a proposal that you know that we're suggesting or, or offering being proactive in terms of your second point unfortunately you know and i've spoken to a lot of clients that did you know maybe start a new practice or sign a new lease just prior to covid um, and they're tied in for five or ten years there is not, you know, there's not a huge amount that they can do at this stage because, you know, the landlord, as far as they're concerned, they're tied in. I mean, we did, we did help a lot of uh, the beginning of, of the lockdown in terms of some rent deferrals and, um, you know, some of our advisory services where we were able to get some abatement or deferrals. But really in that kind of market, it's difficult to, you know, you need to pay your rent. Um, there's, there's not a lot you can do to renegotiate because there's not much incentive for the landlord to open up the lease when you've committed to sort of eight or nine years. You just got to make sure that, you know, you pay your rent and, and you know, on time and everything. 
and then look for an, an opportunity later down the line. So the doctor hoping that there's a, a clause in the lease about, you know, p- a pandemic clause that would give them, you know, uh, um, relief or give them assistance during that time frame really likely doesn't exist. Yeah. I mean, realistically, there is, you know, there was a force majeure clauses, but, you know, that even, even during a pandemic, that never, not one lease that I saw written said anything about not paying rent. You know, you, you would obviously can get, we, we, we were managed to get some sort of deferment when businesses was shut down during lockdown because then you're unable to, to run a continuous business, but you would see every small print would, you'd have to still pay rent. So, yeah. Um, it, it's again, it, it's just an unprecedented time. This is the first time this has happened in, in our lifetimes and especially in this kind of modern, modern world we live in. Um, I guess right now, uh, and, and real quick, just like a, are other provinces uh, in Canada having kind of similar issues or is there anything else that's kind of going on outside the bubble of Edmonton that is uh, kind of interesting to people to know about? Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, across the sort of prairies, um, you know, BC, that there's still a, a demand in, in some of the more, you know, downtown Vancouver. There's, there's still a lot of demand. There's still people looking for spaces. So in those kind of sought after areas, I would say that there's still the opportunity and, and, and it's, it's still, um, you know, people still looking for that great space. Um, you know, Toronto, a lot of um, demolition and relocation that has been happening prior to COVID. Um, so that's still in play. And, and, you know, again, depending on the sort of supply and demand, you know, you're still, you're still having to pay high rents uh, in, in certain areas. So I would say it's, you know, there's obviously specific to each market, but overall, we're seeing a, set, a similar sort of trend uh, across Canada. Now, earlier you said you were talking about Cirrus and kind of the projections you guys are doing. Like, you basically, you're projecting that, that um, more real estate, more foreclosures, more businesses kind of going to business for the next, you know, six to 12 months. Is that what you said? So at that point, yeah, I mean, I, I think that you're, yeah, I think what we what we're seeing is right now, you know, that there's still businesses are still hurting a lot of the, maybe not as much in, in healthcare, but more retail, more you know, restaurants, more more other businesses, and I think especially when you know kids and, and everybody starts to go back to school in this quarter, then then we really will will see. You know, hopefully there's not a second wave, but we'll, we'll see where we're at because I think after a lot of the government programs and, and some of the support um, loans that, that were given, again, they're all coming to an end. So I think we will probably see a continued downturn for the next couple of quarters. And then if we can get back to some normality in, in the new year, then uh, you know, hopefully we can see some rebound. So how long do you think, and again, obviously, uh, I want to be optimistic on everything, uh, but you know, plan for the worst, hope for the best sort of thing. How long do you think this would have to kind of continue before you would see a dramatic decrease in rents for new rental spaces? Well, I think right now that, that there's a great opportunity. You know, there, there's, there's almost like two or three different kind of levels of, of, a, of a buyer or depending on what stage of your career you're at. You know, if you're, I, I, I'm working with a lot of associates that are now saying, right, this is a great opportunity to get, you know, equipment, uh, cheaper equipment. I know China, you know, are doing deals. Interest rates are 
as low as they've been for a long time. So we're seeing a lot of associates that are saying, you know what, I've been thinking about this for a while. You know, now what better time now to actually start that practice? So if you're a new start associate or if you've been looking at that first time practice, then I think now is, is a great opportunity. And like you said, if you're in a, a mid-career dentist and maybe you've been at your location for 10, 15 years, you just want to have some sort of, you know, continuity in terms of you want to know what you're paying in rent. You want to make sure that your location is, is, is looked after and that there's no issues, there's no relocation and the lease is tight and secured. Um, then, then we're seeing, we're seeing that opportunity to renegotiate. Like I said, if you're sort of two or three years up to your expiring, and then you have to sort of transition, you know, the, the, the more of the doctors that are saying, you know, I was thinking potentially maybe retiring in the next year or two and, and COVID is maybe that's brought that brought that more forward. So in those scenarios, I don't think rent is the forefront of their their minds. Uh, a transitioning doctor just wants to make sure the lease is structured, you know, correctly, and that they're able to transfer the lease or assign it to you know, a potential buyer. So it really depends on on where you are on what your sort of appetite for investment is, because there's definitely people are looking at second practices opening up if, 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 if there's opportunities so in so terms of my my last point it. was you know that in in any kind of you know i don't want to put a uh you know a pessimistic spin on things but like you said being realistic when that when the market is moving like this there's always time there's always opportunities and but, but overall what you're saying too what you're seeing is there, there still is a lot of optimism in in the dental industry in in the in the real estate industry there's a lot of people that are um you know looking at ways how to take advantage of the situation the time frame yeah for sure i would say yeah for sure i mean we've you know we've obviously been banging the drum about the, the lease and the importance of it for a long time and um you know i know a lot of dentists it, it, they look at the first couple of pages of the financials and what they're paying but this has been a great you know in terms of us um, you know, we've, we've been busy. We've been, you know, everybody suddenly wants to know what's in their lease and what they can and can't do and what, what, you know, what's negotiable. And you know, I, I was thinking, I was, I was assuming and wondering how busy you guys have been during this time frame. I was, and it sounds like you have been busy, but it's time to, time to dust that thing off and pull it out of the closet, out of the, you know, the bottom drawer of the desk and, and actually take a look through it to kind of see what an office could be entitled to, kind of what opportunities exist. Uh, so. For sure. I mean, even if you're, you know, you know, you're going to be in the same location and, and you had to spend 30, 40,000 on PPE and making the office, you know, up to scratch. You know, these are the things that we can, we ask the landlord to, to contribute and to, to help. If we're, if, we're, if we're saying we want to stay at this location, want to sign a long term lease for 10 years, then we want some, you know, favorable, um, you know, returns on our end as well, if we're committing to the space. So yeah, dust off that uh, lease that's been sitting on your in your drawer and send it over to, to Bob or to me. And we actually, um, we do offer a, a, a complimentary lease consultation. Um, uh, if that's something that your clients would be interested, I'd be more than happy to offer that on your behalf, Bob. And, and hey, I'm actually glad, I'm glad you brought that up because it was something I wanted to touch on today too. 
And that, that lease negotiation, or sorry, that lease review that you guys do, it's not for someone whose lease is about to expire and say like the two year time frame. Anyone can do that at any point throughout their lease, correct? Yeah, I mean, like I said, if you just want to know what's in your lease and it doesn't expire for five years, then you know we're, we're happy to look at that. We will be realistic in terms of expectation. We don't want to give you too many sleepless nights because <laughs> there's probably not too much we can do. Um, but yeah, we would spend three to four hours. We would look at some of the, you know, comparables and rental rates uh, in the in the market, see what you're paying currently, and then we would just look through the legal provisions to see if there's any, you know, liabilities or areas of concern that we feel should be addressed. And, and like I said, if you're in that sort of time window, um, you know, I was speaking to a client the other day. Their lease doesn't expire for over three years. And they wanted to, you know, again, they were trying to get the rents down and they're asking what we can do. Um, and I said, look, if your landlord is willing to negotiate, right, we don't want to give you false, you know, uh, hope and say you've got five years left and we can reduce the rent because it's unrealistic. But if you're able to, if you're expiring in three or four years and the landlord is willing to, you know, re-engage and have a conversation you have to offer something, an incentive for them. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, they're just going to say, you know, they're not going to come to the table. But, you know, there, there is, there's opportunity for sure. Now, on that topic about like lease negotiations, you're in that last time frame, two years, and you're looking to, to renegotiate. Um, is it in the best interest for the, the doctor or the client to try to, to renegotiate with their current landlord, stay where they are, um, and maybe try to get their rent reduced? Or... Um, should they be, really be looking at relocating, even if it's just across the street, down the, down the street to a different location? Like, will that landlord be more likely willing to renegotiate at a lower rent and offer provisions for leasehold improvements? Or should they really be trying to ne negotiate with their current landlord and stay where they are? It's a great question. Uh, one that we get asked a lot, actually. I mean, what we, the way that we try and you know, strategically negotiate and you know, our lease negotiators in-house and lawyers do this every day. It is a, you know, it's a strategy. It's a game of chess, a game of poker, however you want to call it. We don't, if you, if you, if you have two years left and you love the location and you love the space and you have no intention of leaving, you know, the landlord doesn't have to know that, you know, as far as he's concerned, we're looking across the road, there's new developments, we're being offered this and that. And, you know, you have to play the game to, to the landlord believe, you know, it's a bit of, cat and mouse and um, in some cases as far as they're aware like if we're not being looked after and we've been at your you know like space for 10 years and we're looking to sign for another 10 years and we don't like what we're being offered then yeah as far as they're concerned we're happy we we, we would potentially relocate it's all part of the negotiation strategy obviously there comes to a point where you know <laughs> someone will concede but majority of the time the way that we do you know our process there's a lot of work that's done. We don't just pick up the phone to the landlord and say, hi, Mr. Landlord, we, we want to renegotiate. We, we look at what is available. Mm -hmm. We come in, um, you know, with all the ammunition that we, that we have and we're not looking to upset the relationship with the landlord. That, that's one thing, you know, we know that tenants, they've got to have to work with these uh, landlords for a long period of time. It's just about educating them and, you know, you're going to have to concede some things and, and some things you're going to fight tooth and nail to. To, um, to, to, to get success and to get wins. 
Um, talking about fighting tooth and nail and, and for the negotiating process. I know we've spoken in the past about certain clauses that you guys generally like to get amended or taken out of leases. Um, for someone who's you know, maybe watching this right now and has the interest in going flipping through their lease, what type of clauses do you guys generally see that are kind of the most problematic that you try to get out of a lease? Um, even if you end up paying more, uh, more money per square foot to remove that clause, what are a few of those uh, um, concerns that you know, doctors should be aware of? Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's probably 20, 25 legal provisions. Um, just to, to name a few, you want to make sure that if there's any sort of relocation or demolition clause, that's a red flag. Um, you know, in some cases we're able to remove that completely. In other scenarios, we want to, you know, extend the notice period or at least have some sort of blackout period so they can't, you know, demolish the building for a long time. Um, you have to look out for the assignment and subletting provision. That's key when it comes to transfer and, you know, normally in conjunction with selling the practice because, you know, the landlord holds the, the keys to say, if you, if you have a buyer that you want to take over the, the space, the landlord can say yes or no, really. And that, that is a key uh, provision. We look at some of the sort of, you know, trade fixtures and some of the surrender language, restoration provision. In, in most cases, the, the, the tenant will um, you know, probably sell the practice to a, a, an incoming buyer. But if they were to relocate, what are your um, what, what are the surrender provisions? Can you, you know, who, who does the leasehold improvements? Who does the trade fixtures? Who does that belong to? Because in some cases, any cabinetry or anything affixed to the space automatically becomes, you know, possession of the landlord. And if it, if if anyone has ever had to relocate or had to, you know, put back their space to pre-dental uh, condition, that can be a very expensive uh, project, as I'm sure you're aware of. Yeah, the, the, just the, the trenching in the floor has just uh, made my it made my skin crawl. Um, and I, so again, a lot of things that people just generally don't think about um, or get missed or breezed over. Um, also, I guess a question I just had too is when a person's looking for a, a place to lease, um, I had one doctor tell me, and I think I was actually recommending Sirius Consulting that they should talk to you guys. And this one doctor was um, going to look to lease a place out of a, one of the larger landlord institutions. And I forget which one it was actually. But anyways, I said, hey, you should talk to Sirius Consulting. They you know, specialize in this specifically for dentists. And their basic response was that they were going into a facility a place that was again a major landlord is like, these guys have he, he, he thought there's no opportunity to negotiate and so really all he'd be doing is employing you be paying a bill and get no more than you would uh, get out of the lease versus just you know him doing it himself or his brother who might be a lawyer or someone or whatever else like is that true is, should a person be looking to lease from a smaller mom and pop type uh, landlord company or can you really negotiate with the big guys in this market? Yeah, I mean, I think that that is some of the misconception and we hear a lot that the, the tenant will say, this landlord, he doesn't negotiate and I've never had any success with him. But unfortunately, that is a, a preconception. Look, don't get me wrong, there's a mama and papa, there's a strategy that we would use if we're doing a large REIT compared to a mama and papa. But, you know, we've had huge success with a lot of the REITs that we've actually worked with because we know what they're looking for. And when I, when I hear a doctor, uh, you know, a tenant say, this landlord's never going to negotiate. And then I actually sort of get into the weeds of well, what happened before 
and they did it themselves or they used a lawyer that was, you know, the brother-in-law, like you said, never done one dental lease negotiation in his life. They don't know what to ask for. They don't know how to have the conversation. Um, so I would, you know, I wouldn't necessarily just pick on what the landlord is. You know, you need to find the space that suits you. Mm-hmm. But there is, there is always a negotiation. There is always a conversation to be had. Um, you know, you're you're a specialist at what you do, Bob, and the dentists are specialists at what they do. And their their money is is much better uh, being chairside. And 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 you're a specialist in in what you do. Um, so hey, hey Lee, I I, I want to thank you for doing this. I, I, like I said, we kind of don't want to have this go on too long, so I really wanted to kind of touch on a few points which we have, and I think you've hopefully offered a lot of information to the people watching this. Um, uh, we talked about the lease negotiation, or sorry, the lease review. So again, anyone watching this, uh, if you want to reach out to Lee, I'll include his uh, contact information down in the email below. Um, if Lee has any PDFs and documents that he wants to send to me, I'll also set forward to, um, in this email as well so you guys can review the PDFs. If you want to have your lease reviewed at no charge, I think it's around a $1,500 value. Um, That's correct. Uh, contact me, contact Lee, just tell him that you um, got his contact information from this, uh, from this episode. Um, but Lee, real quick, before we kind of wrap this thing up, anything else kind of in closing that you wanted to mention or anything that we, you wanted to discuss that we haven't touched on yet? Uh, I think, you know, we, we, we've covered the, 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 main, uh, the main topics. I would say just make sure in terms of your lease, just make sure you know your critical dates because I think that's one of the key things is lots of people like, you know, their lease, I think it inspires in two or three years, but there's a, they may have an option to exercise, uh, to extend that lease. And uh, if that option expires, if they miss that window, then they, they lose a lot of leverage. So I think my main point is, you know, find your lease. Uh, like Bob said, I would be more than happy to, to review it um, on, on Bob's behalf. Um, even if you're just thinking about relocating or buying a second practice or just want to talk strategy, more than happy to help. And, and we can go into a little bit more detail. Well, Lee, hey, hey th- thanks a lot. I really hope everyone watching this takes you up on that. I think it's a, a great opportunity. Um, and, and again, hey, we can, we can do this again. So if there's more things for us to discuss in the real estate market, we can definitely do that. Um, always looking forward to finding more interesting people to talk to. Um, anyone watching this right now, if you've got specific questions for Lee, please you know, ask away. Again, his email and contact will be down in the body of the email. Uh, if you have ideas that you want um, us to discuss, either me and Lee or me and someone else to discuss on, a, on this series, please let me know. But hey, Lee, thanks again. Let's call, call it a day right now. Um, let's get back to uh, your busy day. Um, but thanks a lot. And everyone out there, have a great day. Stay safe. And we'll talk to you guys soon. So hey, bye for now. Hey, thanks for having me.